Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. thankful this afternoon we give you glory and honor holy spirit we thank you for the opportunity to be here we pray you'll be our teacher this afternoon i avail myself as a vessel fill me and minister to our hearts in jesus name amen, amen. clap your hands together please and you may be seated Now this afternoon, I want to share a second part of the message that I began last week about salvation for your household. Salvation for your household. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do I have your attention? Wonderful. You see, when you come to church and we are preaching about salvation, you must be happy. Salvation, the preaching of salvation must not be a strange thing in the church. It must not be a strange message in the church. And we must never grow tired of hearing about salvation. Hallelujah. In fact, it must be the main thing we talk about, the main thing we preach about, and everything else must be secondary. Hallelujah. Now, last week, we talked about the plan of God to save you and your household. And if you remember, we went through the scriptures and we saw so many people that God chose to save and his plan or his intention was to save them and their household. And today, we want to continue. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. It says, by faith, Noah, being one of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an act to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became higher of the righteousness which is by faith. Hallelujah. It says, by faith, Noah, being one of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Now, oftentimes, when we hear about Noah and the ark, I think most of us, our minds go to Noah and the animals. Isn't that so? Noah and the many animals. But he built an ark to the saving of his household. We think Noah built an ark that he went in with the animals. Yes, but the intention of the ark was the saving of his household. And we see this in this scripture. We see that the focus was not the animals, but his household. Hallelujah. The call was to build an ark 
to save him and his house. There was a total of eight people in the ark. There was a total of eight people. Now Noah intended that as many as believe should come in the ark. But only eight people went in the ark. Now that means that everyone in your household must receive salvation. Everyone in your household must receive salvation. Noah went in the ark. His wife was in the ark. His three children, Japheth, Shem, and Ham, went in the ark and their wives. Do you understand? And their wives. You see, so if Japheth and Ham's wife came, and Shem's wife didn't come. Shem will not have a wife. Now, some of you, you don't have a wife because you don't save people. Some of you don't have a wife because you don't build anything to save others. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Some of you women, your husbands, they are outside. They are waiting to come in a church. But you don't go on witnessing. You don't, witness, you don't talk about Jesus Christ. So the call was to build an ark to save himself and to save his household. Now God wants you and I to also prepare an ark for our household. Amen. God wants us to also prepare an ark to save our household. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now how do we contribute in preparing an ark for our household. How do we contribute when it comes to the saving of our household? What can we do to prepare an ark? Do we need to know that? Yes. That is there anything you can do as far as building an ark to save your household? Is there anything you can do? Yes. There are things that we can do and I want to show you a few of them. Number one. Bind the God of this world. Bind the God of this world. Amen. If we are going to save our household, we need to bind the God of this world. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. Can we read from the New Living Translation, please? Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. It says, If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. The next verse, it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ. They do not understand. Hallelujah. They do not understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Hallelujah. So the Bible is saying that the people who do not believe our message of the gospel, the people who do not accept the message, 
Their minds are blinded by the God of this world. And they do not understand. Amen. So the people who don't want to hear about salvation, they don't want to have anything to do about salvation. People in your home, people in your household, when you open your mouth to talk about salvation, they don't want to hear it. They think it's for ignorant people. There are people who think salvation is for ignorant people. So you see, when you find someone who is educated and you are ministering to him and the person doesn't want to hear it and doesn't understand it, you would think the person is just refusing it. Or the person is too intelligent for something simple like this. But it is the God of this world who has blinded the mind. There are people who think that salvation is for needy people. For poor people. Poor people who need things from God. Yes. So they don't want to have anything to do with salvation. And sometimes it is our fault also. Sometimes we make our worship of God or our serving God look like we need something from God. And that is a picture that we portray to them also. And so they have a notion that salvation is for needy people. When you need something, when you are doing something that it is impossible, no one can help you, then you turn to God. When there's a situation in your life that seems to be impossible, when there's a situation in your life that seems to be non-solvable by a man, then we turn to God. And that is what they see. And so they think that salvation is for needy people. But salvation is for everyone. And those who do not accept it, the Bible says, the God of this world has blinded their minds. Hallelujah. Now think about it. You see, who will in his right mind, who in his right senses will choose to go to hell? No one. You see, no one in his right senses will choose to go to hell. Especially you don't know what will happen to you after you are dead. And the scriptures are showing you that after you die, there is heaven and there is hell. You make the choice. Now, who in his right mind will choose to go to hell? Even in our own earth here, if you have a choice between a cool place and a hot place, you will not choose to go to the hot place where it is too hot and you cannot even breathe. So who in his right mind will choose to go to hell? Except that the God of this world has blinded their minds. And you have to pray. You have to pray concerning your family members. Binding the God of this world. Releasing them from the grip of the God of this world. Releasing them and setting them free from the captivity of the God of this world. Hallelujah. You see, if you find someone who is driving in a car and driving at top speed to a head-on collision with a tractor trailer at top speed and the person has turned into a one-way road and going in the opposite at top speed and you can see a tractor trailer coming and you are warning the person that you are going the wrong way and you are heading for collision and the person does not hear you the person does not listen to you but the person continues to drive 
and even increase the speed. You know, there are some people, when you begin to talk to them about salvation, they want to sin more. Just to show you that I don't want to hear what you are saying. Do you understand? If you say, oh, alcohol is this, you know, this is it, then they want to drink more to show you. You see? So if you find a person like that, who is driving like that to his own death, either something is wrong with his mind, he's sick in his mind, or he just wants to commit suicide. And I tell you, anyone who does not want to hear about salvation wants to commit suicide. Last week I was at work and um, there were some group of physicians. We were in a room and then they were talking. And then they were talking about, oh, I am an atheist. And this one says, I am, what's the other one? No. I mean, the one that does not believe in the... No, they don't believe in higher powers. You know, atheist does not believe in the existence of God. And there's another one that does not believe in... I've forgotten the name, I will tell you. And then they were, they were... It's like, this is their... He says, no, yours is not believing in God, but mine is not. <laughs> and then I said, I said, look, you are all going to hell. You will all go to hell. Now, mind you, that I have delivered myself uh, from amongst you because you are going to hell. If you don't believe in God, you don't believe in Jesus Christ, and you are not born again, you are heading to hell. And you see this laughter and the joke that you are making here? There will be gnashing, there will be crying and gnashing of teeth. You will see. You see, and the day will come, I will say, do you remember? And I was telling some of the other residents, they were there, and I said, how about you? Do you believe? And I was telling, I said, do you believe it? He said, join if you want. Look, there will be a day where there will be a gap fixed between you and I that you say, I know you. I said, I can't help you. I said, I can't help you. You see, and they think it's a joke. That the God of this world has blinded their minds. That they don't want to hear it. But you must pray for your family members. Hallelujah. I say you must pray for your family members. Now some of the family members, if you look at their lifestyle, you can see that they are heading straight for hell. It is your responsibility to intercede for them and warn them. Hallelujah. Some of you, your talking will not yield much. You need to bind the God of this world. Pray concerning the God of this world. That you have talked and talked and talked. They won't hear you, but you need to bind the God of this world because he has blinded their minds. That they don't hear, they cannot understand. He says that they cannot understand the glorious gospel of Christ. And it's because of the God of this world. And I say you need to pray and intercede on their behalf. At this point, all your prayers have been about you, about a husband, about a wife, about children, about car, about your rent, about your all kinds of things about you. Do you understand? You see, that is why you can't pray for long. That is one of the reasons you can't pray for long. Now, how much can you tell God about your husband and your wife 
and your children and your car and your rent. And then, I mean, you, you, you even get bored with God if you begin to. Do you understand? But if you were to list the number of people in your family, your household, if you were to list your unbelieving uncles, your unbelieving aunts, your unbelieving parents, write their names, your unbelieving nephews, nieces, cousins, if you were to list them, you see, I'm talking about saving your house, interceding for your household, if you were to list them, you will see how many people and then you were to add your friends, your unbelieving friends. If you were to write the names of your friends and your co-workers to add to this list and you are calling each person's name and binding the God of this world, you realize that the all-night is too short. You realize that we need to have more all-night prayer meetings. You see? But as it is, it is all about your need. It is all about you. And so your prayers, it, the all night is too long. So you come and you say, what ah, are we going to ask God that we have to pray for four or five hours? But if you were to intercede for your family members, you realize that you have a lot of things to pray about. You have a lot of people's names to call and bind the God of this world concerning them. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Write their names and bind them. The Bible says, Ezekiel 22, verse 30. Look at that. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. You see, it is your responsibility. Sarah, it is your responsibility. Your uncles that are not saved, they are your responsibility. God chose you out of the family to save you that you will also bring salvation to your household. Look at that. It says, and I sought for a man. They go seek for an angel. He says, and I saw for a man among them, among them, that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. But I found none. You need to pray and stand in the gap concerning your household. Hallelujah. I say, you need to do what? Stand in the gap. Pray and stand in the gap. You say, Satan has no dominion over any of my household members. Satan has no dominion over this, my uncle. Satan has no dominion over my aunt. Call their names and pray for them. And release them. Release them. Some of your sons and daughters, some of your cousins, they are into homosexuality. Call their names and bind the God of this world concerning them. That they be released. For salvation. Pure salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. The next one. Pray that God will send a laborer to your family. Pray that God will send a laborer to your family. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. It says, But when he saw the multitude... He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. The next verse, Pray ye therefore 
the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest. So you must pray. The born again Christian concerning the unsaved in your household, you must pray that God will send laborers into the house to minister to them. Laborers to their workplaces. Laborers to meet them in the cars. Laborers to meet them when they are at the bus stop. Laborers to meet them on the train. Pray concerning your family. Pray concerning your household. That God will send forth a laborer to minister to them. Amen. 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 God will send forth a laborer. Hallelujah. That is your responsibility. You see, most of your family members, they will not listen to you. Most of your family members will not listen to you. Even if you are a pastor, they don't look at you in that light. Do you understand? Most of your family members, even if you are a shepherd, do they call you shepherd? No. They laugh at you that you are a shepherd. So most of your family members, you cannot break through to them. Even Jesus could not break through to his own family. Johnson. Jesus could not break through to his own family. Do you understand? So how much more you? Andrea, how much more can you break through to your family? But you can pray that God will send a laborer to your family. Pray that God will send forth laborers to minister to your family members. Hallelujah. John chapter 7 and verse 5. The Bible says, for neither did his brethren believe in him. Let me read before so you understand. Go back to maybe verse 4 or 3. Verse 3, something like that. He said, for there is no man that... This is verse 3. This is what Jesus' brother... His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. So they saw that he was performing. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how powerful you are, you can't break through to your family members. So they saw the great works, the great miracles that Jesus was performing, and they said to him, go to Judea. That is where most of the disciples are, people who believe in these things. Go there, that they may see your works also, that you are being around here. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret. And he himself seeketh to be known openly. So he said, like mockingly, they say, you, you want to be popular. We can see that your behavior, you want to be popular. You like when people gather around you. You like for us to applaud you and praise you. And so go to Judea, where there are most of the people who listen to your messages. That they will see your works. Because we, he says that no man doeth anything in secret. And he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. <laughs> this is Jesus' brethren, his brothers. The next verse, it says, For neither did his brethren believe in him. That is why they were talking like that. Neither did the brethren, his own brothers, neither did they believe in him. So your own brothers and sisters and your cousins, they don't believe in you. And so you must pray that God will send laborers to preach to them. God will send laborers to minister to them. God will send laborers to share the gospel with them. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Mark chapter 3 and verse 20. 
Mark chapter 3 and verse 20. And the multitude cometh together again, so that they could not be so much as eat bread. Let's read the New Living Translation, please. Mark chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, One time Jesus entered the house, and the crowds began to gather again. The crowds began to gather again. Soon, he and the disciples couldn't even find time to eat. So the church was increasing. Gifted, you see? The church was increasing. The church was becoming larger. And soon, he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family, say his family. family. When his family heard what was happening. When they heard that now that man has become wild. People are following him. You know, the church is increasing. Even as they have entered the house, there's a big crowd on the outside waiting on him. When the family heard that, they tried to take him away. They wanted to go and catch him and take him away. I don't know if they were going to take him to some hospital or something. Because they say he's out of his mind. His family. They said, he's out of his mind, they said. So your whole family members, they think you are out of your mind. Even the way you go to church like that, they think you are out of your mind. They think you don't have anything to do. They think you don't have life. Your family members, true or not true? So if you are going to minister to them, they are seeing a mad woman, a madman talking. He said, what do you know? All you know is church, church, church. Hallelujah. So you must accept that your family members, they will not listen to you. One more, Mark chapter 6 and verse 4. Mark chapter 6 and verse 4. Mark chapter 6 and verse 4. It says, But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, among his own kin, and in his own house. So in your own country, among your own king, and in your own house, they will not listen to you. You have no honor, and so you must pray that God will send laborers. Look, you, have, you can't say that there is everyone in your household that is born again. Every one of your relatives are born again. But you have a responsibility to intercede that God will send laborers into their house, into their places, at their workplaces. That God will, some of them go to churches where there is no message about salvation. You want to pray that on that day when they go to church, a priest will arise and talk to them about salvation. And offer them salvation. Make an altar call. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It is your responsibility. Unless, of course, you don't also believe. But if you believe in hell and you believe in heaven, you cannot sit down and let your family members go to hell. Hallelujah. Hope. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. You cannot sit down and let your family members go to hell. The next point, the next point, I'll put these two together since we don't have a lot of time. The last two points. Be spiritual. Number three, be spiritual. Today, if you listen to Bishop, he was talking about being spiritual. Be spiritual. And number four, live a godly life. Be spiritual. And number four, live a godly life. I want to just combine these two. 
since we don't have a lot of time. Amen. Be spiritual and live a godly life. Live a godly life. It means you must live according to the word of God. A born again Christian must live according to the word of God. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Or you don't agree with what I'm saying? Your family members must see, must see some change in you. Some of you, your family members have not seen any change since you became a born again Christian. Since you began following Christ. They have not seen any change in you. So how does that minister to them? How does your life minister to them? They don't see any change in you. But your life must minister to them. Not that you are speaking to them. And sometimes that is what we do. We don't live the life according to the word of God. But we are telling them to be born again. We are telling them to give their life to Christ. Amen. You are in the house. They never see you reading your Bible. They never hear you praying. And you are telling them to give their life to Christ. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Your family members must see there's a change in you. That you are living according to the word of God. That you are living a godly life. When your family members take the beer, you also take the beer. They pass in, they go to a party and they pass in the beer and they take one, you also take one. And you take two, you put one on the side. You say, I don't have this opportunity usually, so let me save. So they get shocked. They, you, they take, and then they, take, you, they look at you and they wonder what you're going to do with it. And then you are holding it and holding it as if you are not. By the time they realize the first bottle is empty, and then you're taking a second one. And then in the end, you are going to talk to them about salvation and about Jesus Christ. They hear you playing the same old worldly songs in the house. I'm talking about your household. They hear you playing the same old worldly songs in your house. They are with you. And then you are telling them about salvation. They must see a change in you. They must see a change in you. You still have those old cities decorated in your house. And they ask you, what are you doing? You say, I'm not playing them. But they are there. Just in case. <laughs> you say, I bought them. I bought, <laughs> I bought them so I can out um, easily. You say, you give me some time. <laughs> and you are telling them about salvation. Your old CDs. All kinds of songs. They are still in your house. They, you go to family parties and you are there with them and they see you sitting there and they are playing some worldly music and they see the way you are going. <laughs> the song is, you are not, you see, you are sitting there but they look at the way you, mm, ah, mm. you see, it's like you are remembering your days and it's like the way they are dancing and you are looking at them, it's like it hurts you that you are a Christian. You are sitting down there and then you are tapping your legs. 
and then all the while your mind has gone to some environment, you know, and you remember the school song, and you remember that day. Ah. Mm. you finish you want to talk to them about salvation sometimes you sit down and tap your phone like that you can't you can't anymore and so you get up to show them that look it is because of this Christianity eh? you know about the story about the lady who came to church and gave a testimony people were giving testimony and she was giving testimony about you know what the Lord has done for her she says I was in the world. Oh. We used to go to parties. We used to, you, you know, one, one, one week you can sleep with three guys. They used to take us places to England. We go on this place. We go on this trip. We used to go to all these places. And they go, they'll take you and they'll buy you things. They'll shop for you. You'll come back with all these things. We did so many things. Dance, club, we were clubbing all night. And then she's going on and on. He says, and then I came to church. And then I gave my life to Christ. And now here I am. <laughs> and then I gave my life to Christ. And now here I am. <laughs> it's like she was talking about the worldly things with such excitement. But when it came to the salvation, he says, now look at my life. <laughs> Is it some of you, that's how you feel. <laughs> that's how you feel. <laughs> it's like this Christianity, look at what has done to me. But Christianity is supposed to be with excitement. We are the ones that are living the life. Amen. Not a life of go and get drunk and in the morning you are sick. And depressed. And lose your job. And fail your test. But we serve the living God. I say we serve the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. But you must, you must let them see a change in you. Amen. As a born again Christian wife, your unbeliever husband should see a change in you if you are going to minister to him. She should see a change in you. We can't tell which one is better before you are born again or after you are born again. Your husband is wondering was it okay, was it better with him when you were not born again or after you are born again? You can't tell the difference. Sometimes even you are worse. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. You are still the same disrespectful. You are still the same cantankerous. You are still the same difficult. You don't yield. You are still the same complicated. You know? Nothing, nothing, nothing comes out of you. Insulting. Sometimes you can insult your husband. On Sunday, and then after church, after that, you dress up and you go to church. Insult your husband. And then after, after insulting him, you pick up your Bible, dress up, and then you say, you will continue when I come back. 
you will see when I come back. You will see. <laughs> you are going to church, and you are telling him that you you are lucky that church time is starting. I am the one that is leading today, and so I have to be there early. You are part of the praise and worship team. You are lucky, but when I come back, you will see. So it means you will come back and continue. <laughs> what a shock! Sometimes you insult your husband. You, you insult him and then you finish and then you pick up the phone and dial the prayer line. Mashakatabai. So that we can hear your anger in your prayer. Mashakatakabosatara masataba. Meshatakabayantalama kabashatakabaya. Angry tongues. Angry tongues. Please, when you are finished, so don't dial the prayer line. Don't come. Is that why we hear some noise in the background sometimes? Some of the husbands to your wife, your wife can not see any difference in you. Any difference. As a born again husband, your wife cannot see any difference in you. The same. The same man. Friday evening, you are coming home, you are holding your 10 packs, beer. You are coming home with your beer, Corona, hurricanes. You are having your own Guinness again. Since you became born again, Friday evening, you are coming home with your Coronas. <laughs> born again husband. And you want her to follow you to church. You say, they are about to make me a pastor. <laughs> Amen. You say, I'm going to be a pastor leader in this house. With your coronas. Born again husband. You have, he still sees you with the same old friends. You see, you must live a holy life. You must live a life according to the word of God. Amen. You still have the same old friends. You still hang out at the market, the um, African market. That is your hanging out place. That is the same. Since you became born again, you still go there every afternoon. You are there. So, no difference. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Born again, they must see a difference in your life. They must see that you are a new person. They must see that all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What is that scripture in your life? Live your life according to the word of God. Live your life according to the word of God. Born again Christian. Since you became born again husband. Husband, married man, born again. Every time there's a condom in your wallet. Your husband sees that there's a condom in your wallet. What are you doing with that? In your wallet. And then when they ask you, you say just in case. In case what? <laughs> born again husband. As the next born again husband, do you have some condom in your wallet? Say it's not proper. Amen. 
you still keep the same phone numbers the same old phone numbers of your escape friends they are still on your phone born again husband you still have the same friends same old girlfriends numbers on your phone born again husband your phone is protected different code passwords like six passwords every day you change your password born again you sleep in and then you put your phone in your socks and then you plug it to the wall charging your phone inside your socks it will burn your leg one day watch <laughs> watch you you can leave your phone first corinthians first corinthians the bible listen as a as a born again the bible says let your life so shine they say no man lights a candle and puts it under a bushel. You can hide your. You must live a godly life. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter seven and verse fourteen. We can read the NLT. We don't have time. The NLT. It says, "For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband." Else, where are your children unclean? But now are they holy. The next verse. For the Christian wife brings holiness to her marriage. And the Christian husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children will not be holy. But now they are holy. Hallelujah. Verse 15. But if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on living let them go in such cases the christian husband or wife is no longer bound to the other for god has called you to live in peace then the next verse it says don't you wives realize don't you wives realize that your husbands might be saved because of you i'm reading the bible he said don't you realize that your husbands might be saved because of you and don't you husbands realize that your wives might be saved because of you? Now, the only way you, are, you can bring salvation to your wife or to your husband is that you are able to sanctify her or sanctify him. And the only way you can do that is when you yourself live a righteous, sanctified life. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is how you bring salvation to them. But as it is, your life is so some way. Your life is so some way. We don't see any Christianity in your life. Your husband cannot see any Christianity in your life. Your wife cannot see any Christianity in you. And so we cannot minister. Your life cannot minister salvation to them. Hallelujah. Why do you need so many passcodes on your phone? Why do you have to change? Why is it that your wife does not know the passcode to your phone? So if you die, what will happen? What will happen? If you die, what will happen? Baby, do you understand the word of God? I mean, as a Christian husband, your wife does not know the code on your phone. Do you know the code on my phone? We have the same code. 
the same pastor. What do you have to hide that your wife should not know? What do you have on your phone? You see, these things do not minister to them. These things do not sanctify them. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Let's not sanctify them. Do you know the pass go to my bank account? Do you know them? Do I hide, do I keep my wallet in my socks when I'm sleeping? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You have too many secrets around you. Too many secrets around you. We can see through you. And you want to minister salvation? You know, somebody sent me a video about a man who was sick in the hospital. Very sick. They have all kinds of things on him. And (laughs) let me finish my story. Very sick. And then they, they admitted him to the, the ward in the, I mean, in the room and so they have taken his things and then um, <laughs> they give all his things to the wife and the wife took the phone also so as soon as the wife grabbed the phone, the phone was not locked so the wife went out, she says okay I'm leaving, I'll see you and then the wife went out and then went to the parking lot, opened her car and the man said, where's my phone? This is a sick man admitted to the hospital. He took off the things from him and began to run down the hospital, run down the hall, and the wife. He said, Where are you going with my phone? Give me my phone. And then the woman entered the car. The woman started the car. The man jumped on the car. And the woman is driving the car, swinging the car. The guy is going, the man is on the car. He will not let the woman go with the phone. What do you have to hide? As the next husband, what do you have to hide? Amen. So four things that we can do to build an ark for our household. Number one. What is number one? Bind the God of this world. Number two. Pray that God will send a laborer to your household. Members of your household. Pray that God will send them a laborer. And number three. Be spiritual. And number four. Live a godly life. Tell your neighbor, live a godly life. Say, let your life be a ministry. ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I just wanted to show you just one thing. There are some of the family members in your household, no matter what, they will not believe. No matter what you do, no matter what you do, they will not believe. Those who have to pray for them for the grace of God. John chapter 6 and verse 63. Quickly. John chapter 6 and verse 63. John 6, 63. It says, The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human efforts accomplishes nothing. Do you understand? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human efforts accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you 
are spirit and life. The next verse, it says, But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe. And he knew who would betray him. So there are some people right from the beginning, God knows they will not believe. So those people, if they happen to be in your family, you have someone like that, you need to go on your knees and intercede. Pray for them that God will show them mercy, that the grace of God will come upon them. Put your hands together and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Salvation for you and for your household. Salvation for your household. In the name of Jesus. 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 We, Father, we are, you have not given your life to Christ. If there's anyone here, you have not given your life to Jesus. But you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Please lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. If there's anyone here like that. If there's anyone here like that, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Say, Pastor, pray with me. Lift up your right hand all the way above your head and I'll pray with you. You're saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. If that is you. Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful. We are grateful. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.